Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. Hey, awesome food bloggers. Do you struggle with knowing exactly what you should be doing to move the needle forward in your business? And do you struggle with knowing what to focus on next? If so, if this sounds like you, I have two solutions for you. Number one is mastermind groups. There is so much power in getting people together and helping to solve each other's problems. At Eat Blog Talk, we have put together our own mastermind groups and we are hosting these weekly. You can join at any time. You can try it out for a month or you can sign up for a quarter or you can go all in and sign up for an entire year. Come join us. See if it's a great fit for you. And this will really help you to solve those problems you're having in your business and give you clarity about what you should be doing next to move your business forward. The next solution is the Eat Blog Talk membership. I have spent all of 2021 so far putting so much value inside of the membership. It is such a supportive and wonderful place to be for food bloggers. We are learning so much from each other. We are joining together in monthly intensive calls where we focus on very specific parts of food blogging in order to grow our businesses in massive ways. We also have guest experts come in and join us very regularly to talk about really specific parts of food blogging. And we get one-on-one access to these experts, such as Matt Mullen from Email Crush, Casey Marquis from MediaWise. So many great people are joining us in these sessions and they are super valuable. There are so many reasons why you should be in the membership. I could not even start touching on all of it. If you're tired of wandering around aimlessly in your business and not knowing what to focus on, Give the membership a try for free for two weeks. Go to eatblogtalk.com. You can sign up for the masterminds there and you can also start the process of getting into the membership for two weeks just to check it out. The rest of us can't wait to see you inside. Hey, food bloggers. Welcome to another episode of Eat Blog Talk. I am so thrilled that you are joining us today because I have Marley Golden with me from Marley's Menu, and we're going to have an awesome conversation about why food bloggers have this responsibility to encourage sustainable habits in the kitchen and how we can do so. Marley is a mom, foodie, and champion for living an attainable, sustainable lifestyle. She is a recipe developer, food photographer, and the voice behind Marley's Menu, a positive platform that promotes balanced and sustainable eating in an easily digestible way. Combining her degree in environmental health science and love for great food has been a dream come true. It is her mission to prove that everyone can make a difference through small changes that can collectively make a big impact. Marley, all of that speaks to me. I love your bio and I'm so excited to talk about this topic with you today. But first, we all want to hear your fun fact. Sure. Thank you so much for having me, Megan. I'm so happy to be here. Um, My fun fact would have to be that I have over 30 pairs of prescription eyeglasses. Um, I worked in the eyewear industry for about 10 years before I found this passion in food blogging. And so it's really fun because every morning I get to wake up and look at my collection of glasses and be like, okay, who do I want to be today? Which is very familiar feeling for most we have like so many hats we have to wear. And in my case, it's just so many glasses. 
Yeah. And I feel like glasses can completely change the look of a person, right? So you can completely change who you want to look like each day. That's so cool. (laughs) So it's not shoes or, you know, accessory. (laughs) Well, I guess glasses would be an accessory, but I call them a necessary because it's an accessory that (laughs) I need to see. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love that. So what's your favorite pair? Describe it. Or do you not have a favorite? Oh, my gosh. You know what? That's like asking what's your favorite song. Uh, Or food, right? (laughs) Yeah. But I have a pair that I wear most often just because it's most comfortable. And they're just they're actually pretty um, average or like a tortoise shell pair. But um, it's my go to. So you'll see me wearing that a lot like on my social media. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. How fun. I need glasses. So maybe I'll ask you where I should go for those. (laughs) I'm like the worst. I have horrible eyesight in my left eye and I just keep trudging along and squinting and my husband's like, go get some glasses, woman. (laughs) It's so dumb. (laughs) Oh, that's super fun. Um, So you're here to talk about sustainability. I love that you have a passion for this. And I was reading through your bio and everything this morning and I was thinking, you know, it's so true that food bloggers really do have a big responsibility in this world because anyone can type a recipe into Google and guess what comes up? Our blogs, our recipe, our food. We feed people, our recipes sustain people. So part of our responsibility is to educate those people about the important things like wasting food. And it's our responsibility to encourage them to make better choices. So I would love for you to tell us, Marley, what is food waste and why do you think it's a problem? So food waste is basically any food product that is not consumed and instead goes to landfill. So that's the distinction is when it ends up in the landfill. And the reason that's an issue is because when it is in the landfill, it doesn't have access to oxygen because it's buried underneath. And so it doesn't actually decompose the way it would naturally. And instead of breaking down into organic materials that just kind of become the earth and turn into soil, it actually breaks down into water and methane, which is a greenhouse gas. And what happens to that water is it sinks to the bottom of the landfill. It fills, it mixes with all the other trash and other chemicals that are in there. And it can sometimes leak out in the form of leachate into our environment. And then between that and the greenhouse gases, it is contributing to, um, you know, things like climate change. So it's once it goes to landfill, it no longer is easily decomposed into an organic material. And that's a big deal. I mean, everything you just said Mm -hmm. is not it's no joke. That is a really big deal. And it's easy to not think about it as we're tossing Mm -hmm. food away. But to take a step back and look at the bigger picture and what we're doing overall as a whole is really sad and it makes me sad. And I think anyone would be able to see that too. Like, oh, yeah, that's really not good. So what can we as food bloggers do to turn this around? Are there steps we can take? There are certainly steps we can take. I think, you know, as you kind of touched on as food bloggers, we do have you know, some sort of influence on the way people eat. And unfortunately, our current system, you know, our current food industry and the way we eat now, there's a big disconnect between where food comes from, where it goes, 
when we finish it. Um, you know, with our modern lifestyles, we just kind of aren't really thinking about what's happening to the food and what it takes to get to our plate. So, you know, number one, I will always say is education. And the way we can educate people is to kind of talk about things like food waste in terms of, you know, linking to other recipes that use similar ingredients that they have purchased for your recipe. So let's say you're doing a recipe for like a, I don't know, a strawberry cheesecake, and it only calls for four ounces of strawberries or something like that. And you, you know, in the store, you buy a 12 ounce package, give them options to use up those strawberries that they're not using for your recipe by linking to other recipes that use fresh strawberries to encourage people to think about, okay, now I have all these extra strawberries, what am I going to do with them instead of letting them sit in the fridge? And then inevitably going to waste. Yeah, that's a great one. And I always think about this when I'm developing a recipe too. So like, instead of saying, um, I don't know, you always come up upon those recipes that are like a half a can of tomato paste or like, what in the world am I going to do with the rest of that? I'm going to throw that away or it's going to sit in my fridge for a month and then get moldy and then I'm going to throw it away. So when I'm developing recipes, I always think about that. How are they going to be able to use everything in the recipe without wasting? And even like weird or like unusual ingredients such as, I don't know why this came to mind, but hoisin sauce. I made this recipe with hoisin sauce and it was really good, but I don't use hoisin sauce other than that recipe. So I'm assuming that other people are probably in the same boat as me. So I try to think about that, like what are really common ingredients and using the whole can of something and that helps, right? That's going to help people not waste. Yeah. And on that note, um, these are all things that are helpful to the user and that we might be doing anyway, like for SEO purposes and things like that. But coming from a sustainability viewpoint, um, also providing tips on how to properly store, reheat, reuse the leftovers, um, even just giving that option and putting it in text is reminding people, okay, I didn't finish my plate, but I can eat this again tomorrow. I don't have to throw away my leftovers. So, um, you know, educating your readers on how to uh, save, even freeze sometimes, and then reheat the food is a really great way to encourage them not to waste it. Oh, yeah. I like that, too. So freezing is great because you can use it later. Um, So providing all of that information to your reader up front so they know exactly how to reheat and how to freeze. I love that you mentioned reheating because I never think to mention that. Freezing is kind of a no-brainer, like, yeah, freeze the leftovers, but reheating, I don't know why I've never thought to use that, but that's that's really great advice. What else do you have? What about, um, so recipe testing came to mind because mm-hmm. we test and then we make again. Yes. So, I mean, hopefully we can eat all of that, but how do you recommend being more sustainable with that part of it? Yes. So for us, our responsibility as recipe developers, um, there's kind of three things I would love to touch on. Um, One is when you're actually developing recipes, it's important to think about, if you can, to test in smaller batches. And what that means, especially if it's something you never made before or it's something that you, um, you know, have a feeling you're going to have to test a couple, two, three times to even get it to a point where it's, you know, 
like good to give away or to eat yourself, it's important to think about testing them in smaller batches so that the um, end result is wasting less. Because if it's something like for me with cookies, I have such a hard time with cookies. Like cookies take me <laughs> so many times to get right. And um, there's been times where I've made a cookie that like I couldn't eat, like I couldn't even eat it. It was just something was just so wrong. And um, because I tested it in a smaller batch, you know, the overall impact of how much I was wasting was a lot less. And I was so glad that I did that. Um, and then later on, you can, if you're making a batch, you can always double the recipe or whatnot to, um, you know, get the right amount that you want for your, for your site. But that way, overall, your impact is lessened if you're testing the smaller batches. The um, cookies was such a great example because I think we've all been there. We're, we feel invested because we've got all of this cookie batter, this cookie dough, and we're like, well, I have to make it all. <laughs> and then if it's a fail... <laughs> Oh my goodness, that's so much time too. Time wasted and ingredients wasted. I did that with my chocolate cupcakes. I tested it. I felt like it was so many times before I got it right. And I wasted so much. I wasted so much food. And it was just like, it was really frustrating. But yeah, I love that idea of just having the recipe, making it a really small portion of it. And then you're not wasting all of that time and wasting all of those ingredients. That's such a great idea. And you could really do that with anything, right? I mean, any recipe. Absolutely. And it helps when you're writing out your blog post. You can even say, oh, you can make this in a single serving or you can easily have this recipe because you've tested that and you know it's true. You're not just saying that because you think it will work. Oh, Um, that's good. Yeah, Yeah, I like that. And the second point I would like to touch on for, you know, what we can do personally is, you know, as food bloggers, we tend to, you know, consume um, more ingredients than the average person. Um, If you can and you're willing and you have the ability to, it may be a really good idea to consider composting um, because we just have more scraps than the average household. It's, It's something that I think intimidates a lot of people. But it's really actually not that hard. Um, You can, like for me, I live in Orlando and a lot of cities have the same program where they will provide a compost bin for you for free. You just go to your city's website and um, you request one and it literally comes within a week. And then you just place it in your backyard. You can keep a little um, pail on your kitchen counter. And once it fills up, you just bring it back to your compost in your backyard and it takes about six months to get soil but once um once you get you know get there it's really really great um nutrient rich soil that you can use in your garden and if you don't have a yard if you're living somewhere like an apartment or you have a shared space or if you're in a big city um there's tons of programs that will actually come by and pick up your compost scraps for you. So you don't even have to deal with any kind of bin. You just keep a pail that you save and then weekly they'll come pick it up just like your trash or your recycling. Um, There's programs from $5 a month. Um, You know, sometimes they're up to $15 a month, but it's really a good investment if you're thinking about, you know, the amount of ingredients that we consume and, and the amount of impact that we have as individuals, as food bloggers. 
You just gave us some really great ideas and things that I hadn't considered, like people who live in apartments, there's still an option for them to compost. Absolutely. And it's really, I think you're right. I think it seems like a really daunting thing. Mm -hmm. But once you get into the habit of it and kind of find that flow, I'm sure it's not that big of a deal. It's just like anything else. Like when I'm done with cardboard, I I walk over to that part of my house where recycling sits and I put it that, you know, like we just get into that habit and pretty soon it's like a no brainer. We're just doing it without even thinking about it. So thank you for bringing that up. That kind of encouraged me to look into that because I do not do that, but I would love to contribute in that way. So, And to be honest, I I find that having that like little compost pail on my kitchen counter makes it like even easier. I don't even have to walk over to my trash can, which is under the sink. I just, you know, I put even my eggshells just right into that pail and it's just super easy. It's right there. And then once a week, you know, I bring it outside when it fills up. So I think that it, again, it's intimidating, but once you actually dig your heels in, you'll find it, it's super easy and it will make you feel good. And on the, on the third point that I want to make about, you know, what we can do as food bloggers on an individual level is um, thinking about, you know, we make tons of food and we can't always eat it. And a lot of us have family and friends that we share it with or neighbors. Um, But outside of that, there's actually food share programs um, that you can find (laughs) if you Google in your area, food share programs. And there's um, different like websites and resources that will connect you with people who are in need of of food. And you can directly um, communicate with these families and tell them what you're making and what you have, and they'll tell you whether or not they want it. And then you find a place to um, meet up and pass that food along. So if you don't feel like you have enough people to share your food with, I personally um, live in a place where I don't have... um, you know, a lot of family around me where, and, you know, during the pandemic, it was kind of weird to like share food with neighbors and things like that. And these food share programs have really made it so that I was able to um, share things that I was making and not necessarily throw it out and actually give it to people who need it. Mm. So what are those programs called? They're actually going to be different depending on on your area. So like if you, if you Google your city and just write food share program, you should find, sometimes it'll be a nonprofit. Sometimes it will be like an app that you can download. So there's different things and different, depending on where you are, but there, I mean, I think it's something that people don't even think to look into. Um, So just, you know, do a little Google search and you'll be surprised how easy it is to find and connect with people who are in need. Yeah, again, just something that maybe we've heard about, but we don't bring to our full attention and don't actually follow through with looking into. So that's another really great thing. So food share program, Google that if you're interested and see what comes up for your city. That's a great option. I love that. What do you think about, I do this all the time, or I used to, I'd make like an entire pan of lasagna Mm -hmm. and my husband is gluten-free so he doesn't eat it and my boys are really picky so it's like me (laughs) so I would freeze some of it and then I would try to eat it that whole week what do you think about finding ways to give to your church or your neighbors or like finding people in your community who will actually benefit from an entire pan of lasagna yeah I love that I think you know part of sustainability you can't 
live sustainably without having that kind of ethical portion connected to it. It's it's a movement that, you know, seeps into every, you know, every part of like equality and civil rights and things like that, because, um, you know, the people who are affected by um, climate change and things like that tend to be people who are, um, you know, like, also affected by other social issues. And so a lot of it bleeds into each other. So bringing up the fact of like giving to people who are in need, who are maybe like in different socioeconomical status than you, like these are all issues that come together in sustainability. You can't have one without the other. So when you think about food from um, an environmental uh, viewpoint, you're also thinking about how can I get food to the people who don't have it. Because outside of um, the environmental impact of food waste, there's also the ethical part of food waste where, like, if you put it in simple terms, food is leaving places that desperately need it to come to places that inevitably waste it. So, you know, bringing that up, thinking about giving it in church groups and things like that. Like that's a huge part of sustainability. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's really important to think about that part of it too. And I think we can all find those avenues, right? That we can contribute food to like churches, like we mentioned, but there are other things too. If you just give it a little bit of thought, like maybe mm-hmm. make your meal in a um, one of those foil pans because you know yeah. you're going to be bringing it to a food shelter or whatever, like thinking through that ahead of time. What else can we do ahead of time to think through all of our ingredients? Do you have any tips right. for that? Absolutely. So, yeah, so I'm all about the planning in terms of like my shopping and things like that. Um, and also, you know, I've heard you talk about on this podcast for content batching and things like that and it goes hand in hand with sustainability because if you're buying an ingredient like like you said before a hoisin sauce or something that you know you're gonna use for one recipe and you don't necessarily always use it um, I would encourage you to plan on making other recipes with that particular ingredient throughout the week you don't have to post it you know, anytime within, like, if you want to spread it out, so it's not super close um, in terms of when you're putting out your content, but you can take the same ingredients that you buy on your shopping list. You can make a bunch of recipes with it, um, shoot it all in the same week so that it's used up and it's not wasted. And then you have it in your repertoire repertoire to put out later when you're um, writing up your blog post and things like that. So planning is a huge part of my, um, of my like daily life because I think about everything that I'm going to buy for the week. I think about everything I'm going to make with those ingredients that I'll have. And then later down the line, I think about when I want to release those blog posts and when I actually want to share that content like with the world, but at least it's done and it's done in a way that where I'm not like wasting extra ingredients. Yeah. I, I love that thought. I'm a huge planner as well. And It's so worthwhile, not just with food, but in any part of your life to sit down, look ahead, think through things and plan a little bit. Mm -hmm. So if we do that with our recipes, we don't open our fridge to find that old lettuce. I mean, I feel like that's a constant story for me. And I I hate that, but it's like, oh man, that bell pepper and you know, you find all the old (laughs) things. And like, I wish I really would have planned through that. And as food bloggers, 
we are planners because we have to. If, mm-hmm. if we don't plan, we fail. Um, so planning our food and our ingredients is another way that we can just like benefit the world and mm-hmm. also benefit our blogs. So I love that yes. idea just to take that time to just sit down and think. A li- it doesn't even require that much time, right? Right. Just a few minutes to think through what you're using and what you need to buy. And it will also help you naturally connect your posts to each other. So like it will help with tactical internal linking. It will help with, you know, if you maybe want to do a roundup down the line, you'll have things that have similar ingredients um, and you'll have, you know, easy ways to interlink your content. And that's just a byproduct of planning and you know, doing things in a sustainable way. Here's something I've been trying to do lately. So I have not been making many new recipes for my blog. I'm kind of in like republish mode right now. Mm-hmm. But when I do make new recipes, I try to align it with something else that's going on. So um, we had guests over and it was like a bunch of kids. So I took a bunch of our frozen food and um, just threw it in the air fryer and did like a bunch of frozen air fryer kind of like side dishes like fries and tater tots and things like that. And it all got gobbled up because I knew that that event was coming. So thinking through events, like what, okay, is my family going to want dinner this week? And then maybe planning like a side, a salad and a main dish, you know, like just event planning, kind of aligning with your editorial planning, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. So what do you think about like um, preserved ingredients versus natural ingredients? How do you plan through different types of ingredients, I guess? Yeah, I think the issue of food waste is something that everyone can touch on because, you know, it's it regardless of your niche or whatever you're making, like that's an issue that is prevalent in what you're doing. But um, I do realize that, you know, my, my whole thing is sustainability, right? So all of my recipes have green tips, meaning it gives you little like tips on how you can source your ingredients more sustainably, um, what to look for when you're buying and things like that. And that may not fit into everyone's niche, but if it does, and if it's accessible to you, um, there are, other things we can do to promote sustainable living outside of talking about food waste. And that's um, talking about um, buying more natural ingredients, more organic, eating seasonally and eating locally. And the reason those things are important from a sustainability standpoint is because all of those things have a lower environmental impact. So if you're looking to you know, decrease your own environmental footprint, buying organic things that don't use any chemicals, pollutant, uh, chemical fertilizers or pesticides are definitely, you're supporting a farm that is going to have less pollutants associated with it. So you're, by buying organic, local, seasonal, you're putting less strain on the environment. So if that's something that fits into your niche and you can recommend buying those things, you're telling your readers to vote with their wallet, right? So you're telling their readers to support brands that are doing things more sustainably. I love that. And I always forget to think about that. Like we each have a responsibility 
to make sure that our footprint is not crazy off the charts. We have a responsibility, especially as food bloggers, to do that ourselves and then to encourage our readers to do that as well, to actually think through that and decrease that footprint that we're leaving. So I love all these tips. What else do you have? What else can we do to kind of um, inform our readers and educate them so that they are being uh, more just cognizant of all of this. I think that we can also develop recipes that use like all parts of the food. Um, so like, for example, the ends of carrots are like make a really good pesto. They're um, really flavorful and they're completely edible and they're healthy for you. But, you know, we tend to chop those off and throw them away. So just thinking about those things, like when you're sourcing ingredients, thinking about how you can use it um, to its fullest instead of telling people to to discard parts of the ingredient. Um, And that's going to, you know, contribute to less waste as well. Um, And any, all of these things that we're talking about just by reading just by putting your reader, like putting this in front of your reader's eyes, like you're just encouraging them to even think about it. Because like I said, it's, we're very disconnected from what happens to our food, where we get it from, where it comes from. It's, it's just there in the store in a plastic package, right? And we pick it up and we eat what we want and then we discard what we don't. And that's not because we don't care. It's because we're not thinking about it. So just by talking about any of these things in your blog post, if you can get someone to read that, you're educating them and you're putting it at the front of their mind. And, you know, I truly believe that if everyone were to be educated and to think about these things, they would make better choices because I don't think they're actively choosing to to not be sustainable. I think it's just something that is not front of mind. So by doing these things, it's just it's just reiterating that we we all have an impact on everything around us. And I think it's just easy to, to put these things in and, and it helps with the structure of your blog posts. It's giving useful information to the reader. And a byproduct of that is that it's really encouraging people to think about where their food is coming from and where it's going. Just having this conversation with you is making me like, oh my gosh, I need to do this and this. And I don't think we talk about this enough. This is a topic that needs to be discussed more often. So I love the fact that you are just encouraging us to encourage others to just think about it, just to give them those nuggets that you know, not like um, telling them they have to do anything, but just providing them with a little bit of information and encouragement so that they can do the same. And then that will trickle down and maybe they'll tell their neighbor, oh, I I got a compost bin, you know, like little things really will make a difference. And we have a big responsibility as food bloggers. So I absolutely love this topic. And as you were talking, Marley, I was thinking not just our blog posts, but we could take it beyond the blog post and do a fun Instagram story about cleaning out your fridge or you know, I got my compost bin here. I'm going to take you on this journey. I have never done this before, but here we go. You know, we could make it like a fun story so that people are like, ooh, this is exciting. And then as the story goes on, then maybe other people would jump on board. What do you think of something like that? I I could not agree more. I think that we, you know, just the topic of environmentalism has somehow become so like, polarizing and politicized and it's not 
something to like agree or disagree about. It's we all live on this planet, right? And we all care about our environment. Um, and it's something we just don't talk about enough, like you said. So it's like, let's just stop the stigma about, you know, being delicate about this topic. We all care about it. It's common ground. It affects all of us. So why don't we talk about it? Encourage everyone to just kind of get on board. And it's a trickle effect, right? So even if you just impact one person, encourage one person to think about this, um, that's going to snowball into more and more people. And once, you know, once we all as a society make it a change and make a, um, a decision to live more sustainably, that trickles up into big corporations, into big brands, and they see that people want this and there's a need for this, and it will change practices on a bigger scale. So it's important to realize that we all have power to make a difference, even if it's the smallest thing. It's changing the conversation. It's changing the mindset. It's showing that there's demand for more sustainable practices on a bigger scale. And that's just the thing. Even making one small difference can, you have no idea how much that can ripple into a bigger impact. That was all so well said. I absolutely loved what you just said, Marley. And again, I mean, I feel like I've said this like 10 times, but as a food blogger, you have more weight. You, Your word, your voice carries more weight than most people. People are going to listen to us because we're providing the recipes and we're putting the time in to test those recipes. So people are already listening. So if we just put those little nuggets in their ears like you said, it will be a trickle down effect and trickle up. Yeah. It'll trickle everywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. So just to start, like start somewhere small too, because this is not a huge message of mine. I will be completely honest with you, mm-hmm. but it, I, it's important. This is an important topic. And having this chat with you, I'm thinking I'm going to start small with something like maybe I will go get a compost bin and start there and just encourage my audience to do something similar. Oh, so that. this has been super encouraging. Thank you so much, Marley. Is there anything else we missed about um, just tips for food bloggers or anything else for them to keep in mind? I think that I just kind of want to drive home, you know, how closely the food industry and sustainability are related. I'm just going to give you a couple of stats just to kind of drive it home. Yeah, Um, The food industry itself accounts for 25% of greenhouse gas emissions. It uses up, it makes up a quarter of our global freshwater consumption annually. It contributes to deforestation to make space for plant and animal agriculture, contributes to land, air, and water pollution, especially through fertilizers and pesticides needed to meet high demand. And all of our our, um, food packaged in plastic. Um, So the biggest takeaway I can give for you is of all the billions of tons of food waste that happens annually, estimated that 50% of it happens at home, which is, if you look at it in a positive light, it's encouraging because that means we have the power to reduce the amount of food waste like by half. So, you know, as much as as high of an impact as the food industry has on the environment for so much of it to go to waste is really um, 
disheartening. So I think I just want to drive home, you know, how closely food and sustainability are related. And that's why in this conversation, we're talking about, we're talking to food bloggers who are in people's homes, who are in people's kitchens, who have a say in how people consume, source, and um, use up their food, right? So we do have um, a voice here and we, we can make a big impact. So I just think it's important to drive that home. This was super impactful for me. I can't even tell you. So I appreciate that you brought this message to this platform. And I think this is really important message to get into people's ears. And I love how passionate you are about it. You are well informed. You've got great tips. You know statistics about what's going on. You're connected and you, I feel like you're really on a mission to get the word out about this. So thank you so much. Yeah, I just appreciate that about you, Marley. So thank you so much. Thank you. And um, just a quick note, if if people do have interest um, and food and sustainability in particular, I do have a whole sustainability section on my website, which is just articles written by me. Um, I do have my degree in environmental health science. So um, it's articles about the food industry and um, sustainability in particular. So if there's interest there, you can definitely check that out and it will provide you with all the information you need. Great. Yes. Everyone go check that out if you're interested and start small, provide some little nugget to your audience today or this week or next week that can encourage them to um, be more sustainable in the kitchen. So great message and it's been just a pleasure to talk to you Marley so thank you so much for being here today before you go do you have a favorite quote to share with us or words of inspiration yes so this is a Jane Goodall quote it's you cannot get through a single day without having an impact on the world around you what you do makes a difference and you have to decide what kind of difference you want to make Oh, and that aligns so perfectly. I absolutely love that. (laughs) We're going to put together a show notes page for you, Marley. So if anyone wants to go peek at that, you can go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash Marley's menu. And you mentioned, Marley, that you have some resources on your blog that people can check out. Why don't you tell us where your blog is and where people can find you on Instagram and other places? So my Instagram handle is just Marley's menu, M-A-R-L-E-Y-S. M-E-N-U. And my blog is the same, marleysmenu.com. And if you go to marleysmenu.com, there is a whole sustainability section. You can find it right at the top of the homepage. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Marley, so much for being here. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you next time. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk. Oh, 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 o